Hi, and welcome to The Booby Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? Hannah. And if you want to hear more from the Booby Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the Booby Girls. And a quick shout out to one of our patrons, Steven. Steven. Steven with a V, not PH. Oh, yeah. There's different ways to spell it. (laughs) Uh, And this week we are covering Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Uh, I've titled this one um, Dumbledore's Army ah. because I love that. I'm sad that they don't call themselves the DA in, yeah. the, in the movie like they do in the book. But so. I was really rooting and hoping you were going to call it um, Weasley as our king, but they don't mention would, that it, in the movie. I, it was on my short list. It was. And then it was going to be like Merlin's beard. And then it was going to be something. So I struggled with this one a little bit. I like it. It's fine. <laughs> So the book was originally published June 21st, 2003. It's written by J.K. Rowling. It has a Goodreads rating of 4.5 out of 5, and it's 870 pages. It was. <laughs> no book should be that long. Sure it is. Sure, sure it should be. I think that's like standard for like Stephen King books. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, no, this is the longest book we've read so far, right? Sure. Um, <laughs> I will say, though, that having it been an 870-page book... I remember last episode, I was saying, like, they kept repeating themselves yeah. and explaining themselves. That didn't really happen in this book. So I was happy yeah. with that. Yeah. But I was... I think she finally came into her own and she was like, okay, now I feel comfortable enough. Like, people are, enjoy it enough that I can have free reign almost. Right. But then, I mean, next book is quite a bit short. It's like 200 pages shorter. Yeah, so which is good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, the movie came out in 2007. So pretty close after the last one. It's rated PG-13, just like the other one. It's an adventure family action movie. It's the first action movie so far. Rightfully so. It's been um, fantasy in the past. Makes so, sense. And it was two hours and 18 minutes. Um, although, again, it is based on the longest book in the seven book series. It is the second shortest movie in the Harry Potter franchise. So they said that they were trying that the director, which we'll talk about in a minute, he originally shot it and it was a three hour long movie, oh, wow. um, but they ended up going back and cutting it and editing out about 45 minutes of it. So, which makes sense, but for better or for yeah. worse, um, is directed by David Yates, who is our, I think, fourth director, mm-hmm. um, but fourth and last. Ah, we finally <laughs> found yes, one. We found one. So he does the rest of the Harry Potter um, movies in this series. And he also is, has done all the Fantastic Beast movies. And is um, suppo- is signed on to do the rest of the Fantastic Beasts, which right now I think there's five of them. Um, they believe that he was approached f- to do this film because he they wanted this one to be a little bit more edgy and emotional, mm-hmm. which I think it was. Um, and he has more of like a political background in his movies. He did State of Play, Sex Traffic, Girl in the Cafe. And they thought that Harry Potter was turning more into more of like a not political with a capital P, but politics within schools mm. and the ministry and everything. So they think that they found their guy, which evidently they did. That's fair. <laughs> so the IMDb synopsis reads, with their warning about Lord Voldemort's return scoffed at, Harry and Dumbledore are targeted by the wizard authorities as an authoritarian bureaucrat slowly seizes power at Hogwarts. That was quite a mouthful. That was political. <laughs> yes, it was. It was very political. <laughs> um, before I do some fun facts, because last episode you asked me what the Hugo Awards are, yes. I, I looked it up just okay. so we you know. <laughs> I have my facts in order. Um, so it's actually considered the premier award in science fiction. 
and it's an annual literary award for the best science fiction or fantasy work and achievement of the previous year. Got it. I was wondering if you were going to say fantasy because this isn't technically in the sci-fi genre. Right. Correct. Yeah. And it's given every year at the World Science Fiction Convention and it's chosen by its members. So I want want conventions back. I need all that stuff in my life. I want anything (laughs) back. I need need a good Comic-Con or something. (laughs) Um, So some fun facts about the book. This book sold 5 million copies in the first 24 hours of publication. Wow. So to me, that seemed like a lot, but who knows? Um, This book won several awards, including the American Library Association Best Book Award for Young Adults in 2003. Um, So funny fact. So the phone number to get into the Ministry of Magic is 62442, which can be used to spell magic on a telephone keypad. Which is funny. I had that in my notes as well, because... uh, they do do it in the movie, but you can't see it because someone covered it up. But it does happen in the movie, yeah. too. Um, and then lastly, it is the first book in the series to be released while the movies were being produced. So at this point, one through mm. four came out as books, and then they started making the movies. This is the first official book that came out after the movies had started to be released. I feel like she was trying to play catch up. Oh, for like, sure. I feel like that's what we do half the time. It's yeah. like, all right, we got another episode coming out. We got to go. We got to go. Exactly. So I feel the pressure. I'm exactly on the same scale. <laughs> Um, on a side note, we are drinking some wine, which mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for. Yes. Um, so I finished the book last night, <laughs> literally last night. Uh, but I started this new, this is a total tangent. I started a new Netflix series and it's called fate. Uh-huh. And it's about <laughs> literally, it's about like a, you think it's like, which is like magic school. And mm-hmm. these kids are all, I was like, oh my gosh, this is another Harry Potter like movie or yeah. a series or whatever. Um, and in the very first episode, they talk about, they're like, this is Hogwarts, isn't this? And they start making fun of it that it's so similar. They're like, yeah, but we're fairies. So it's not about witches and warlocks. It's about fairies. fairies. Oh, wow. Um, and they even make jokes about what housing, what house they were sorted into and stuff. So it's so. a knockoff, basically. Basically. But they're like, they're totally like claiming that they're a knockoff. Right. That's fair. <laughs> so anyways, you guys can check it out if you want to. Or maybe it's terrible. I'm only one episode in. Uh, so the movie got a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is down from the last movies. Yeah. So uh, these, I I would say this is probably the turning point, even more so than the last one of like where it gets darker mm-hmm. and more political and all of that. So I can see why maybe some people didn't like it as much. Uh, same budget as last movie, 150 million. Um, but it had its biggest first day gross of any of the Harry Potter movies. So I think it was very highly anticipated. And it was also the very first Harry Potter movie that was released in IMAX 3D. I think if I, I, I'm trying to age, age myself at this point, but I think this is the first official one that I saw midnight premiere of. Ah. All the other ones I was like too young or I wasn't yeah. allowed or whatever. This I was miss midnight premieres. I do too. I they miss were fun. midnight premieres because it was like, you know, yeah. so exciting. Now it's like you can go a couple days earlier. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love the whole like buy your ticket ahead of time, there's, there was always something about going to the box office and yeah. hoping you like waiting in line to get your the ticket. The lines were ridiculous for the right. Harry Potter premieres. It was insane. Yeah. So uh, the worldwide gross of this movie was $942 million, which is up from the last one as well. So I found this very interesting and I'm not sure why, but Emma Watson seriously thought about not continuing with the Harry Potter series after the last one. What? Um, yeah, which I, which is, I had never heard that before. Um, but she ended up ultimately deciding to finishing it out because she thought it would be very uncomfortable to watch somebody else, uh, portray Hermione. Did they say why she didn't say why? I don't don't know if it was a, 
I'm over it. I want to do mm. more things. Or Which she eventually went on to do anyway. Right. Plus, she's way more, you know, rich because of it. <laughs> also, like, don't don't fight the hand that's feeding you. Totally. Like, just ride this gravy train. <laughs> um, since the movie has a lot of wand work and dueling and it's a lot more, um, you know, involved with the fighting scenes, they actually brought in um, someone to be the specific wand choreographer. Um, he's actually a professional dance choreographer, um, but they wanted them to really kind of have it be more fluid and mm-hmm. everyone kind of knew what they were doing, which looking back now, I can see that Harry's definitely better at wand maneuvering than dancing. Yes, this is very <laughs> true. Very true. <laughs> um, so we'll talk about this in a little bit. One of the scenes that did get cut um, from this movie is a hospital scene. Um, the guy that played Gild- Gilderoy Lockhart, which I'm glad he didn't make it into this one. Um, he was signed on to make a cameo for this movie. Oh, but I would have loved they, that. I know. I thought it would have been kind of cool, but um, because of budgeting and time, they ended up yeah. cutting that part out, which I'm sure he was bummed about <laughs> Bummed about too. Uh, so the big kiss, there's a big kissing mm-hmm. scene, which is a lot more intense than I thought it was going to be. Katie, who plays uh, Cho, she said that she was really, really nervous for her first like on-screen kiss with Daniel Ratcliffe. And she spent like several weeks preparing herself for it. Probably mentally, hopefully not like practicing on a pillow. Uh, But she said that the day that they were planning to shoot, uh, Daniel Ratcliffe, quote unquote, came down with an illness and they had to like postpone it. Oh, poor thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh. She like psyched herself up for it. Right. That's rough. Uh, so the scenes of Hogwarts in this film uh, were actually all done in on studio sets. And it's the very first movie that did not utilize Brit- uh, Britain's castles and cathedrals for the filming locations, which I was kind of like, why? Yeah. Well, what was wrong with? I mean, I couldn't probably tell. Just easier. Probably. Yeah. But I don't know. I couldn't really tell the difference. Probably know. sound wise. It was probably a lot better True. to do it on sets, but who knows? Uh, another thing that did get cut out of this movie is any reference to Quidditch. I know. And Rupert Grit, who plays Ron Weasley, was actually very, very sad that that got cut out because this was his time to shine. So it does come into play next movie, though. So, yeah, but this was like, I know, you know what I mean? Like I this was his rise <laughs> in the Quidditch world. Uh, so a spoiler when Sirius dies at the end of the movie, <laughs> really you're just coming in hot like it's that. Fine. Everyone knows. Um, Harry screams really loud or he screams in the department of mysteries. And in the film, you don't hear it at mm-hmm. all. And I guess they ended up doing that one. It was a nod to one of the Godfather movies. Cause there's a scene that's very similar mm-hmm. where like they you see him do it, but you don't, hear but you him don't do hear it. it. Yeah. But they were saying that all of the actor, like some of the other actors on set were crying because it was so, um, it was so real oh. and he was screaming so loud that it like was so emotional for all of them, oh which God. it makes me sad kind of now that I wish we could have heard it. Right. But you can see, you can I still feel like see it's it. It's almost more space. powerful without it. Like, it very because sad. then it gives me time to like sit with my emotions. Cause I literally cry every single time I watch that scene. It's very sad. <laughs> it's so sad. It's very sad. <laughs> Cause you, you, you get this like hope that he finally has family and then mm. it's taken away from him. He still has the Weasleys. Sure. <laughs> um, so Professor Dolores Umbridge, who we will get into very shortly here. Um, 
her classroom was total had to be totally redone, like the set that they had been using for it, um, because they wanted to make it fluffy and pink and have cats. And they have all of those plates, you know, with the cats mm-hmm. on it. Well, to make those that scene, they did a 24 hour production of just taking film of these cats oh wow to make it into this scene that's kind of (laughs) cool 24 hours straight i mean you know whatever it takes it's wild (laughs) um so the original script uh did have a lot more of the house elf creature in it um but they the director actually was not going to put him in the movie at all he was going to completely write him out but jk rowling came in and said that she he really needed to put creature in there because it was going to cause some serious problems for future installments of the franchise if he didn't put mm-hmm. creature in there. So he listened and he was yeah. in there. So interesting. I would assume J.K. Rowling knows best. Well, <laughs> and we know for a fact that basically everything has to have her blessing, otherwise it does mm-hmm. not get done. So, but poor Dobby still got the axe in She's this like, movie. Dobby's fine. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> So the cast in this movie that we get introduced to, not too many new people. We're, we're getting slim pickings here. Fine. <laughs> but we'll start off, obviously, with Dolores Umbridge. It's played by Amil- Amilda uh, Stoughton. I'm probably, again, butchering this. <laughs> um, she uh, Her full name is Amelda Mary Philomena Bernadette Stoughton. Stoughton. Amelia These British people have crazy names. I feel like I got gypped and only have one middle name. You don't even have a middle name. My name's long enough. Yeah, they uh the Brits are taking all the middle names, evidently. Um she is five foot zero. She's very small. Yeah. Um and she's married to actor Jim Carter, who she's actually um been on different projects with as well. Um she's been in the crown, Maleficent, Downtown Abbey. She got an Oscar nomination for for her role in Vera Drake in 2004. Um, and then she was also in uh, Shakespeare in Love as well. Um, <laughs> she, she's the worst character and she knows it. Oh yeah. <laughs> like the worst. Um, but they said that she was the only, the, the directors and producers were like, this is our girl. They knew that. That's, and I thought they did a fabulous job um, portraying her. She props to the actress. Mm-hmm. She nailed it. Yes. The character, Sucks. like you said, the absolute worst. Like, to me, worse than Voldemort. Yeah. So <laughs> Stephen King actually came out and said that Dolores Umbridge was the gr- was the greatest make-believe villain to come along since ha- Hannibal Lecter. Totally. Like, the like, worst. She's on par with, like, Joffrey in uh, Game of Thrones. Oh. And, like, to your point, Hannibal right. Lecter. Like, she... But the but the beauty of her is like it's with kindness and right. like a and like a conniving like sweetness. Awful. It's crazy. And she even knew it. She admitted that her character was bloody was a bloody monster. Yes, <laughs> that's what correct. she called it. But she nailed it. I loved what she she brought to that character. What totally. what needed to be. Uh, Nymphadora Tonks, who is part of the. Order of the Phoenix mm-hmm. is played by Natalie Tina. She was in Game of Thrones. Um, and her favorite actress is actually Helena Bonham Carter, oh. who we will talk about in a minute. Um, one of the reasons in the book, well, in the book, she has like pink hair for most of it. So they don't really go into much detail in the movie about that. She can like change, like they, they talk about, they it. talk about it a little yeah. bit, but um, she can change her hair color. She can change the way she looks. Um, but in the book, she has 
pink hair most most of the time. They ended up changing her hair to purple because the filmmakers really wanted to have the color pink be associated with umbrage the whole time. So it totally makes sense. Um, In 2005, Anna Farrell, who is uh, David Thewis, who plays Professor Lupin, wife. Okay. <laughs> she actually lobbied to play this role and she really wanted because she wanted to work with her husband. Um, but the producers turned her down. I'm assuming she is also an actress. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I mean, I probably would never have known that they were um, a couple, but to me, sometimes couples working on a, a project together, like ruins it for me. Yeah. Cause it's like, Oh, like you, that's you in real life. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to play like make believe characters. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, so, my favorite character of the entire series, Luna Lovegood, She's great. love her, um, is played by Ivana. Eva, Eva, Eve, Anna. I don't know. One of those ones. Uh, Ivana Lynch. Um, this was her her acting debut in 2007, and she competed against uh, 15,000 girls to get this role. Wow. The thing that I thought was funny about this is. I obviously had seen the movies before I read the book. So when I was reading the book, anytime Luna was talking, I heard it in her mm-hmm. voice and in, in my mind. So yeah. I'm wondering like people who read the book first, like if they, I have will, that. I will say she's a lot more like snippy in the book than she, like she's much more like airy and like flowy mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, but in the book, like she, like sometimes she like bites back at Hermione or like some yeah. other people. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. But, like in the movie, she's very like, Oh, whatever. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> She's so great. She's great. I love her. Um, her father actually flew her to London to um, audition for us because she's Irish, actually. Um, and her mom didn't believe that she had a chance to get this role at all. But wow. they were like, she, the mom was just like, okay, go ahead. If you guys want to try, go ahead. Really supporting um, her daughter there. <laughs> right. Uh, she was actually a huge fan of the Harry Potter novels um, before she was even casted for this film. Um, and she said that she had read the books like several times. And she even was such a big fan of J.K. Rowling that she wrote her a letter saying that she would love to act in the Harry Potter films, but doubted that it would ever happen because, because she came from a sleepy little place called... Termin Fecken in Ireland, mm-hmm. uh, where nothing happened. And actually to her surprise, JK Rowling wrote her back and says, don't be too hard on Ter- Termin Fecken. Um, it does have a brilliant name and I came from a sleepy place too. Oh wow. So, and then she ended up getting the role, That's you know, awesome. years later. Um, and then also in the movie, uh, Luna Lovegood play, or she wears these little radish earrings. Mm-hmm. Um, and she actually made those herself. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. So she wears She's them throughout great. the entire time. She's, top three probably she's for me great. she's great she's just like down to earth like she's not like yeah. messing around with this nonsense totally <laughs> i was kind of sad that like the story with like her dad i know her dad comes in later mm-hmm. in the in the films but you know we hear a lot more about her dad in this book that's true uh so dean thomas is one uh he's another gryffindor mm-hmm. same year as harry and ron who's been in all the films <laughs> uh is played by alfred and knock I can't remember pronounce his last name, but we know him more as Wes from how to get away with murder. Yep. He actually talks more in this film. So that's why I waited because he actually <laughs> has fair. some lines, but he does appear in all eight Harry Potter movies. Um, and he's actually the son of, um, of William Russell who plays, who's famously known for his role in Dr. Who. Oh, so, which I had no idea. I remember when he got casted to be on how to get away with murder. I was like, Oh my God, it's Dean Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Like literally, right. I don't know his name. I I know him as Dean Alfred. Thomas. <laughs> so, but I loved him in How to Get Away with Murder. Yeah, I still never finished that series. Wow, it's still sitting in my, well, in my DVR. Spoiler alert: the the ending's not very. Well, good. Well, I know you keep telling me that. That's why I haven't finished it. <laughs> you might as well stop. 
Uh, and so last character to talk about, obviously, is Bellatrix Lestrange. The queen. The queen. <laughs> um, funny, though, that Netflix show I was just talking about, they have a Bellatrice oh my in there. God. And she's the villain. Uh, well, like, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, but obviously, played by none other than Helena Bonham Carter, who is just... She's like, She's incredible. amazing. Yeah. Um, she's been in The Crown. She was in Enola Holmes. She was the Red Queen in Alice in Wonderland, The Queen's Speech, Sweeney Todd, Corpse Ride, Fight Club, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, obviously, she has been in a lot of Tim Burton movies, and she was also married to him for 13 <laughs> years. They had two kids. Um, they're no longer married. But uh, but funny. So she was not originally casted as Beatrix Lestrange. Bellatrix. Bellatrix. Sorry. <laughs> See, I'm getting confused from that other show. <laughs> um, she was not originally casted. Her uh, Helen Mc- McCrory was actually casted as... Um, to play that role. Well, she became pregnant and she was going to be nearly at full term when her, the scenes were oh, going to be. Wow. So they ended up giving the role to Helena. Fast forward, uh, Helen McCroyer, McCrory, who was pregnant, ended up getting casted as Malfoy's mom later in the movie. Ah, <laughs> so so the she sisters. Did, yeah, so she comes yeah. up. Um, but Helena actually has, or she became the first actress to appear in two films that gross two billion dollars the first one being alice in wonderland and the second being harry potter and the deathly hollows part two wow so i mean two two movies that and not only that she has a plethora of other movies she's been in that have been successful i just am like i could you imagine if those were your parents tim burton and helena bottom carter probably be a little screwed up in that (laughs) right but like super cool oh yeah probably very talented very creative yeah at the very least she's amazing i i i would have been so sad if she wouldn't have been this character yeah also like are there kids like um is there like godfather like giant depp i'm probably (laughs) i didn't i didn't delve that far into it (laughs) I, i wouldn't be surprised yeah but I mean, she's one of those characters. I'm like, she's awful in this movie. But like, in the best way possible. In the best way. Yeah. She has the laugh. She has, oh, yeah, she's great. amazing. I'm, I'm actually sad. I audio booked this, um, this book and the, the guy who does the narration gave her a weird accent. Ew. So I was like, I, it's like, it was not, it was not cute. Huh. I wasn't liking it. But anyway. <laughs> now it's time for What Does This Spell Do? I didn't study this time. I, I did a little bit of both. I did book and movie. So okay. hopefully it'll help you. We'll start off easy. It's not going to help. <laughs> Stupefy. That, that like makes someone fly away from you. Right? Mm, not quite. Mm, it makes them fall over. It's the stunning spell. Yeah. They stun <laughs> them. They fly away. Sure. They Basically, they become unconscious. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, if, if there's enough force, they yeah. can fly away. <laughs> Uh, next up is Redacto. You've actually guessed this before for a different spell. Of course I have. <laughs> um, it makes them fall down. <laughs> no, this is the one that blasts solid objects into pieces. Ah, yeah. dang. <laughs> uh, next up is Levy Corpus. Levy Corpus? Mm-hmm. Is this in the movie? Yeah. Um, it's where you can pick something up and take it with you? Kind nope. of? No. Nope. Okay. It, it causes your victim to be hoisted in the air by their ankle. So, like, I, I think during their um, trainings, somebody mm. did it. Yeah. Last, last but not least is legitimacy. It's not really a spell. It's more of the practice of... Making someone tell the truth? No? Okay. 
sucked this time. That's spiritus serum. We've already talked about that. That's a, that's a potion. These uh, are not English words. <laughs> Correct. Um, legitimacy is the the what Snape uses on Harry to go through the many layers of his mind. I thought it was occlumency. No, occlumency is what Harry has to do to block. Oh my gosh. I could have picked occlumency, but that would have been too easy. <laughs> could have thrown me to bone there. <laughs> nope. All right, next up is who said it? First up, youth cannot know how age thinks and feels, but old men are guilty if they forget what it was to be young. Serious? No. No. Lupin. No. No. Remember, if it sounds wise, oh, it's Dumbledore. Dumbledore. <laughs> I don't know. Sirius sometimes throws some nuggets in there. That's fair. All right, next up. Anything's possible if you've got enough nerve. It's mm, a good quote. Mm-hmm. Is that Luna? Close. Hermione? Ginny. Uh. So it was a girl. <laughs> um, I believe that's something that she says that the twins tell her all the time. Ah, uh, yes. Next up. Things we lose have a way of coming back to us in the end, if not always in the way we expect. That was my girl Luna. Yes. <laughs> I actually really love that one, and I'm glad they did it both in the book and in the movie. I'm really sad you didn't say it in her, like, way she says it. Well, I already did it earlier. <laughs> You're not breathy enough. <laughs> no, I'm not. Definitely not. Last but not least, we've all got both light and dark inside us. What matters is the part we choose to act on. That's who we really are. Casey, that sounds wise, too. So, like, go through the list. I didn't trick you this time. Is it serious? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> All right, next up, F. Mary Kill. We've got a whole cast of females this time. I like it. Yeah. So your choices are Bellatrix Lestrange, Dolores Umbridge, and Nymphadora Tonks. Those are terrible choices. Why? <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, oh, goodness. I guess I'll have to marry Tonks because she's not awful. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I wouldn't want the other ones in my life for very long. Um, I gotta kill Umbridge. Like you got to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I will uh go into the department of mystery <laughs> with Bellatrix. All right, we completely agree on this. Okay, good. I was gonna say I don't know if you could go any other way. No, because I can't say that I absolutely hate Umbridge and then want to go into the department of mysteries with her. So <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, all right. So, I mean, I was happy that this movie was not three hours long because, but I will say, I'm going to say this right off the bat. They did a fabulous job of staying consistent, getting a lot in there, yeah. you know, quick and concise. It's how I like things in life. Uh, it's, it's starting with the opening. They kind of just got right to the meat and bones of that opening. There was no frith and or frill and fluff and stuff. <laughs> um, but it goes straight to Harry is in the muggle world. Um, they don't talk about, that he's all moody. Oh, wait, let me go back. I hated Harry in this book. I knew it. I was waiting for it. I hated him. He was so whiny. Mm-hmm. He was so woes me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I was like, I haven't seen this movie in a while. And I don't remember him being this whiny. And he's not. He's thank not. goodness. But he I is, but not to the point where. The oh book my is. gosh. I was <laughs> yeah. like, how does anyone like this guy after this book? It was wild. I honestly don't know how anyone likes him any time. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Um, but yeah, so starting off though is, you know, in the book, he's so upset because he feels like everyone is hanging out without him, basically. <laughs> he has ba- major FOMO. Right, exactly. So he's out in the muggle world and it cuts straight to a scene where um, they're at this playground. Also, thank God, everyone got haircuts from last movie. <laughs> much better. And grew up. Yeah, time. much better. Um, but he's sitting there on a playground for whatever reason, just 
feeling sorry for himself. And uh, Big D walks up with his cronies. <laughs> Big D being Dudley. And I hate the way he talks. It's the worst. <laughs> like, I know he's mimicking or yeah. he's like, you know, making fun of Harry. But he's there and he's, you know, trying to like egg Harry on. Uh, and he's telling Harry, like, making fun of him for having all these like nightmares. So right off the bat, we know that Harry's not okay. Who's Cedric? Your boyfriend. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so we know that he's having dreams about Cedric, all this. Then the, the sky turns and they're running for cover. They're like, get me out of here. Uh, and the Dementors come and find them in this like ditch type thing. Like a tunnel style In the book, thing. it was more just like an alleyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also the Dementors are way scarier in this movie. Like well, you, well, yeah, you got to be on par with like the level of like, right? Like, but in the last movies, we, they're like all hooded. There's not, you don't see a ton. This time, it's like, let's take the hoods off. You see like <laughs> skeleton. Like it, they're a lot scarier. Well, after seeing um, Voldemort be reborn at the end of last movie, <laughs> all bets are off. Right. All bets are off. Uh, but they start to attack Harry and Dudley. But Harry ends up doing the Patronus spell to scare them away. Uh, come to find out, little Miss Fig. Is not just this little sweet old lady. No, she's not. She's a witch. <laughs> she is a witch. Um, and she tells Harry, you know, I was basically here to, like, look out for you this whole yeah. time. If you don't remember, Miss Fig was who basically they made Harry go sit with when the Dudleys would go and do Correct. fun things. And not to, like, correct you, but she's mm-hmm. a squib. She's not a witch. Oh, that's yeah. just true. Yes. Which is what filches. Yeah, she's, like, not... She can't really do the, like, majority of magic things that witches and wizards can do. But she's in that realm. Yes. Yes, and Um, Filch is a squib also. There is no mention of the other guy who's supposed to be watching Harry. Yes, Mundungus Fletcher. Yeah, he he gets written out of the movie completely. (laughs) Which is fine. I don't think we needed him necessarily. He wasn't as involved in this as Ludo Bagman was, like, last book. You know what I mean? They got written out. So I was fine with it. Very true. Um, Dudley's not okay. Okay. <laughs> no. He's not okay, but obviously blames Harry for everything because that's how this goes. Um, Harry ends up getting a letter from the ministry right away, and it says that he's expelled, that he's, you know, going to be put on trial. Or, well, no, it, it says like he's going, he's just expelled. Mm-hmm. At this point, he thinks he's done for. Um, in the book, they go into a lot more detail about how he gets depressed and and whatnot. Well, yeah, he, they tell him he has, they're going to destroy his wand. He gets like multiple letters in the book from like different people throughout this entire scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then after he gets the letter, uh, he's sleeping, and then Tonks, Mad Eye, and a couple of these other people come to take him away. Um, a lot more happens in the book in this scene. Like we said that he got a lot more letters, but Petunia, his aunt, also gets a letter. Yes, she actually gets a howler. Um, that tells her basically remember last time or remember the last something along those something lines. along those lines and only Petunia kind of picks up on what that means she doesn't say anything to anyone and but at that point she's like because uh, sorry in this at the point at this point in the book uh, Mr. Dursley is like ready to kick Harry out yeah. he's like we're done with you you have like basically ruined our lives and once Petunia gets this howler she tells him like no um, Vernon like he's staying right and we don't know why and you don't know why uh, also another thing that they, they don't talk about is that the Dursleys are actually out of the house when <laughs> when That's Harry's right. not there because they, they they like set up this thing about how he won some award for best landscaping. Yes. And so, so they're going to this award ceremony. Obviously didn't need to be in the movie. Right. But I thought it was kind of funny. So they immediately take him. They fly off. 
Uh, they go to Grimmauld Place, which is basically like a housing building that like expands. Right. <laughs> and it has this like it's like a condo building that has like magical extensions. <laughs> yes. It opens up and that is where kind of everyone's been hanging out. Mm-hmm. You know, Harry's mad because everyone's hanging out without him. Uh, but he, they walk in and there's obviously a meeting happening that he's not supposed to be hearing, but he sees Sirius. He makes eyes with Sirius. Oh God. <laughs> Um, uh, and this is where we get introduced to Creature, the house elf. He's like Dobby, but even uglier, <laughs> grouchier. Correct me if I'm wrong. Do we find out at this point in the movie that it, this is Sirius's house or no? We we don't find out until later in the in the movie. That's right. Okay. Um, quite a bit later, actually. Yeah. Um, so at this point in the movie, we don't know whose house this Correct. is. Uh, but we get reunited with Ron and Hermione and... Hermione's got this light new hairdo and she's looking all, you know, nice. Ron's noticing. <laughs> Ron is noticing. Ron is growing up a little bit. Um, Harry is still just very small. <laughs> well, and I have not brought this up yet, but every single time in the book, it's reiterated that Ron keeps growing. Right. And like he towers over the twins and everybody. Yeah. I'm like, that's not what Rupert Grint does. Well, He's very he, average. Well, he might have. You know, he, when you when you cast a kid, you hope he grows that way. But yeah, he didn't. He didn't. But, they but also, like, like, Harry's really short, so anyone looks tall. That's very true. They lucked out in that way. At least Harry didn't end up taller than, right. than Ron. Um, but we find out that there is a secret society that they have formed called the Order of the Phoenix. But then Ron and Hermione also tell Harry at this time that Dumbledore has said, to not tell Harry anything. And that's why they were so short with him the mm-hmm. entire time. So like automatically you're like, something's up with Dumbledore. Yeah. Like he loves Harry. Like why would he be doing that? Also, Harry is so much angrier at those two in the book. Like oh, so angry. He's like aggressively angry. I'm like, yeah. bro, it's fine. Like they were told not to talk to you. <laughs> he Harry was like, when I was like an angry teenager, like that was me. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, really? Oh yeah. Like, Ow. like it was nice, but then I was like really mean too. Mm. But anyways, but like that's, I felt like Harry was going through some things Mm -hmm. at this time. Uh, But Fred and George show up and they're all grown up now. They're all lanky and got goofy haircuts. Um, But they do bring in uh, the expandable ears into the movie, which is one of like the trick type items that they have created. Basically a, like a microphone that they can sneak in to hear things. Uh, But then after that, after that, you know, goes awry. Uh, we do get this Harry and serious reunion where they hug it out. So and cute. It's very cute. I, I will say I was very sad because I did think serious was, I was excited. I like his character mm-hmm. so much and I wish he would have been around. Also like more. Gary Oldman. Like, yeah, I know. Um, but come to find out Harry doesn't know any of this, but the daily prophet, which is like the, the wizard, you know, New York times <laughs> is saying that Harry and Dumbledore have lied that the Dark Lord is not back, that they shouldn't believe him, that these two are off their rockers. <laughs> and so people are actually have turned against Dumbledore and Harry. And this is the first time Harry's hearing about it. Um, and that Fudge is just completely avoiding the truth. He's like not wanting to deal with it, which I'm like, look, if I'm in charge, do I want to admit bad things are happening? No. Mm-hmm. But, you know. He's also like scared that uh, Dumbledore's apparently after his job. This is very true. Which is like, okay, bro. (laughs) Um, But then we do find out that the Order of the Phoenix has been created because they believe that Voldemort is building an army. He's re-recruiting all of these people that backed him a long time ago. And that at that point, 
the Order of Phoenix was also a thing back in the day that mm-hmm. Harry's parents were in. Um, so the Order is basically like the rebellion for all of this, for all you Star Wars fans out there. Um, <laughs> I actually got that reference, there you go. by the way. I saw it. Um, but so they are trying to recruit people to be on their side against uh, Voldemort. Um, but then we find out that Voldemort is after something. Quote unquote, some sort of weapon. Some sort of weapon. Um, and Harry's ready to fight. He goes, I want to fight. <laughs> Bangs his, his fist on the table. And I'm like, Harry, you're 15. Cool it. <laughs> um, but there's one big thing that we don't find out about in the movie. Something very exciting happened to Ron and Hermione in the book. Yes. And being a nerd like I am, <laughs> I was actually very excited about this. They get letters because they get letters every year telling them the book they need or whatever. But in Her- Ron and Hermione's letters, they find out that they're going to be Gryffindor's prefects Yay. for that year, which is like hilarious because why would you pick Ron? But whatever. <laughs> Hermione well, we makes total sense. Did, at the end of the book, we find out that yes. Dumbledore didn't pick him because Harry had too much going on. <laughs> which is fair. Um, but yeah, super exciting. And, you know. Harry's bitter. Harry's totally bitter. But like Hermione's like, in her element, so like mm-hmm. good for her. <laughs> yes. Um, and another big thing that we don't hear about in the movie um, is Percy. Again, Percy has been written out of mostly every movie. He does show up in this movie at mm-hmm. the end, um, but they have a huge, he has a huge falling out with his family. Yeah, so he takes his job at the ministry very seriously. Very seriously. Um, and he basically is on the side of, like, not really believing this whole situation. So they've had a complete falling out. Um, his parents don't really even refer to him anymore. Like, things get awkward when he's brought up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really awkward, which, whatever. Percy's a jerk anyway. Um, but, yeah, so at this point, it's like he's become the shunned. Weasley. Yeah, it's very... Mrs. Weasley is not okay with it. She's very sad. Uh, We end up fast-forwarding a little bit in the movie um, to right to Harry's hearing. Because Dumbledore has, you know, defended him and saying, let's not expel him. Let's at least hear Mm -hmm. him out. Um, In the book, I think there's, like, at least a couple weeks. Because Harry's, like, dreading this whole thing the entire time. But in the movie, we we go straight to the the Ministry of Magic. Mr. Weasley's so funny. I absolutely love this scene. He's like, trains underground? (laughs) What? He's just so like weird looking. Like He's so awkward. I, I love it. Uh, but they. This is where they go to the main entrance with the phone booth, and they do the the dialing magic thing. Um, but so they're inside the mystery magic, and it's tussling and bustling. There's a lot of people going around, yep. and we do see the statue fountain thing that's described in the book. And there's actually quite a bit of. Uh, reference in the book about this fountain and yeah. and everything because it has some like house elf that Hermione would like like it keeps getting brought up and I'm like nobody cares nobody there cares. was no point it was fluff right it was fluff um one thing that I was happy that they left in there when they get into the elevator we see the little paper airplanes mm-hmm. um and that's how they communicate with each other in, de- in between departments and yes. they say we tried to use owls, but the mess <laughs> the mess was too much. Yes. So I thought that was cute that they kept that in there. Um, but we do find out that the hearing that was supposed to happen in like just a regular office has been moved up a couple like couple hours and has moved to this giant courtroom mm-hmm. that Harry has actually seen before um, in the dream. In the dreams. So it, it, it's one of those things. I'm like, if I was just watching this movie, would I have understood that that's what was happening? Not no. sure. Um, because they, they moved that court date and time and place because they were hoping that Harry wasn't going to show up. 
Well, they were hoping Dumbledore wasn't going to show yes, up. Yes, him yeah. too. <laughs> because Dumbledore ends up coming in to be Harry's witness, but he's not talking to Harry. He's not even making eye contact He is completely ignoring Harry. Yes. Um, and Harry's not happy about it. <laughs> no, not at all. But they bring Mrs. Fig out um, as a witness for Harry because she said that she saw the Dementors and she explains it. And then we hear... <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we get introduced to the very first time Professor Umbridge. Ugh. Who wasn't Professor at this point. No, she was just another minister in the magic world. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she basically talks about, she's like, so she goes to Dumbledore. She's like, if there's Dementors there, the Dementors are controlled by the Ministry of Magic. So now you're saying that someone within the Ministry of Magic is telling these Dementors to go after him. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't ever find out in the movie who sent the Dementors. Correct. Do we? In the book, we end up finding out that it was Umbridge that sent those Dementors. Correct. Um, which I was like, why didn't we find that out in the movie? Apparently they didn't think it was necessary to include. I guess not. Uh, long story short, Harry ends up winning the trial. Um, and I love when they're taking a vote. Mrs. Fig puts her hand up. (laughs) She votes. Like, Clearly, I get a vote, right? Yeah. And Dumbledore hightails it out of there and just ignores Harry. Yeah. Uh, one thing that they didn't put in the movie, in the movie, which I was kind of sad about, in the book, one of the ministers raises her hand to ask a question, and she's actually like, "Wait, you produce a Patronus?" <laughs> like, it is like super impressed with them. Yeah. And I was like, I wish they would have had that in yeah. there because I thought it was cute. Um, but other than that, that scene was pretty much similar yeah the only thing you um, left out was that before they go into the trial they do see lucius talking to mm-hmm. um fudge uh this actually happens after the trial in the book but it happens mm-hmm. pre-trial in the movie not sure why <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now they're headed back to hogwarts and they're like walking towards the train because harry is now able to go because he wins <laughs> um but padfoot which is Sirius's Animagus as a dog, um, comes with them. And he looks very different in this movie than he did mm-hmm. in the last one. Like, he just looks like a regular dog. Like, in the other one, he looked like this big wolf right. dog. Well, um, now he's a good dog. So. Yeah, sure. Um, but he ends up giving Harry a photo um, of the original members of the Order of the Phoenix. Um, I think this happens, like, way later in the book or it happens early it doesn't happen at this point yeah and he's not the one that gives him the photo who gave it to him moody does oh yeah yeah. so i don't know why they decided to give it to him here but they did a scene that is added which is very controversial is harry's about to get on the train and he quote unquote sees voldemort Mm. on the platform this is not in the book and potterheads were pissed because they have voldemort in like a suit and they were like, he would never do that. He would never have gotten into muggle clothes. There's That's so no interesting because I actually absolutely love that scene. Yeah. Oh, it's super. It's I like so it. powerful. Right. But I could see why people would be yeah. upset about it. So it's but, very out of character for him, but just such a like chilling scene. Yeah. <laughs> Creepy. Yeah. Um, Another thing that's not added or that did not get added to the movie is that Lucius Malfoy actually sees Padfoot. Sirius Black at the platform mm-hmm. and he's not he's not in there at all in that right. scene so which I thought was kind of important because it kind of like he ends up in the book telling people that he sees him yeah he like it tips him off yeah, yeah. so evidently that was too obvious in the movie <laughs> <laughs> so we're back at Hogwarts now uh Malfoy's here mm-hmm. still a twerp this I feel like they've gotten to the point I think 
I mean, I don't know JK is on like a first name basis. <laughs> um, but I feel like she wrote Malfoy and he was going to be this like super kind of villain, whatever. Ends up just kind of being a twerp for most of them. Like, and just putting him in there just to be annoying. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have any substance. Like, other than his dad. Like, his dad has way more substance in these in yeah. these series than I he agree. does, you I know? Um, but anyways, uh, that was just a side note. They do, I guess they just needed some sort of, like, a school... Bully. Bully or school rival for Harry, which, whatever. Which, I'm like, Harry's, like, above that. Like, Harry doesn't care. I don't know if Harry's <laughs> above that, actually. <laughs> Uh, but Harry uh, sees Cho and makes eyes with Cho. <laughs> uh, I will say the book, I mean, Cho is way more in the book in in this one yeah. than she is in the movie. She's basically almost non-existent for comparatively to right. what she is in the book, at least. Um, and then Neville's there with his new plant. Just carrying his plant to school. He's so cute. I love him. He Neville. loves herbology. Yep. And he's getting, and he's, he's the one that has sprouted up. Mm-hmm. He's gotten really tall. Um, Just you wait. <laughs> And then, uh, so we have been, this has been referenced in previous movies or the, or the horse carriages that take them up to the castle. Mm -hmm. And up until now, it's been horseless carriages. Take them up. There's no horses leading them, whatever. Harry gets there. He can now see these horses, but they are like weird, like reptile horses with (laughs) bat wings. They're creepy. Um, but Harry is the only one that can see them. Like Ron can't see them. Hermione can't see them. But Luna can. Yes. <laughs> she says, or uh, what she says, she goes, I can see them too. <laughs> She's so great. Different um, in the book is Neville can see them in the book. Oh, yes. Because his grandfather. Oh, you haven't gotten there yet, but because his it's grandfather fine. died. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, but Harry's like still like so confused. Um, but we find out they're now back. They're in the great hall. We find out that Hagrid is not there. He's on a temporary leave of absence. Um, and that grumbly plant, <laughs> grumbly plank. Yes. That one. Um, grumbly plant, uh, is taking, taking his spot for right now. Uh, and then we find out that lo and behold, we're on the fifth books, which means we have to have a fifth teacher of yeah. defense against the dark arts. Uh, Dolores Umbridge. Um, I don't think they gave Moody a good enough chance. Well, it wasn't him the I whole know. time. So, so like give him his real person. A well, chance. he's probably like, listen, I spent the entire year in a, chest true um i'm, I'm good true because <laughs> uh, i have more important things to do very very accurate um but then we get the uh-huh, uh-huh. <sighs> <sighs> it makes me like <laughs> it, it makes my blood curl and <laughs> that's uh, a thing <laughs> do you say your blood curl yeah do your blood curdle oh curl like milk i think <laughs> oh like curdling milk like, yeah, okay I mean, blood boil. It makes my blood boil. There you go. That's a better one. I think my mom's probably like, what is she? What are they talking about? I speak about? English. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but Umbridge interrupts, interrupts Dumbledore's speech. And we find out that basically the ministry is interfering with Hogwarts now. So it's church and state Ugh. coming together. It's not, not good. Not good. Uh, but then we kind of come to find out that there is a lot of animosity between Harry and some of the students and Seamus. He, he says that his mom didn't even want him to come back because Harry just spews lies, basically. <laughs> um, but Ron stands up to him for him. Yeah. And then Harry's a big jerk back to him. Who? To Harry? To Ron? Yes. Yes? Yeah. He's like, I didn't need your help. And oh, then, because he's a proud he's idiot. Really not nice to Ron. <laughs> it's okay. And I hate to make this comparison because we've talked about how people hate the comparison to Lord of the Rings, but it's literally like Frodo and Sam because Sam is the best 
friend a person could possibly ask for. And Frodo's an asshole. Are you saying that I am your Sam? No, I'm saying I'm your Sam. Wow. <laughs> so I'm the I'm the jerk. Cool. I'm, I'm glad we got that. But that's like that's always what I refer back to because like Ron just wants to right. help Harry at all costs, <laughs> and Harry's like, no thanks, no thank you. Anyway, uh, but then Harry's in the dorm room and he's having another nightmare, and we see this very long corridor, um, and that's kind of how that scene ends. <laughs> Something we talked about earlier that gets completely written out is Quidditch. Mm-hmm. And so now that Oliver Wood is gone, they need a keeper. Yep. And they found a keeper. They sure did. <laughs> <laughs> so they hold trials and out of nowhere, um, Ron decides to uh, audition. I think Ron is, is always... Is it called auditioning when it's sport? Thank you. Wow. I don't do sports. You don't do the sports? I don't do the sports. Um, I think Ron has always wanted to be a Quidditch player. He's just never had like the cojones but to I'm, try it. I mean, I'm impressed and I'm proud of him for thinking, you know what? I might actually stand a chance, so I'm going to go for it. Yeah. And he actually gets the job. He got it. He got it's it. It's not very good. No. But he got it. So yeah, so now Ron's on the Quidditch team. Yeah. Uh, so which again, I don't think Harry likes, like it's Harry's like, it's usually about me. And now Ron's a prefect and he's joined the Quidditch team. And, <laughs> and again, it comes across way more in the book than yeah. it does in the movie. Um, but so now we are in the defense against the dark arts class and we get the, um, the subject of their owls are coming up and their owls are their ordinary wizarding levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did read that JK Rowling got that. Because they had something in in Brit in Britain, like they had that's basically what their their testings are called. Not wizards, obviously, uh-huh. but it's like their ordinary levels. That's what it was I called. See. So she used it that okay. way, I guess. I I just want to take this time to discuss the levels of like the passing grades and the the failing grades because yes. they're hilarious. <laughs> so we've got uh, uh, O for outstanding. You've got E for exceeds expectations. A for acceptable. The failing grades are P for poor, D for dreadful, dreadful, and T for troll. Troll. <laughs> you're you're just a troll. I, that's what they should use in America too. I know. What's F? Troll is what I, I want to get. F is fail. <laughs> no, I know, but like troll is so much cooler. I know. Uh, but we find out, you know, through Umbridge is that they are. She's only going to be teaching ministry approved courses and snooze fest right and they can't do any spells and harry's just basically like how are we supposed to defend ourselves with lord voldemort out there and you know talks back to her and she gives him detention throws throws the book at him basically um but she ends up going they end up going to her office and i literally have in my notes what in the pink kitten hell like <laughs> yeah that does look like hell right awful um but harry for his detention he has to write these lines that say i must not tell lies and there's this special quill and when he writes it on the piece of paper it actually scratches it into his back of his hand in the book he does it so many times mm-hmm. like in the in the movie it's like he does it once and he's like ow yeah well and he has to have multiple detentions with Umbridge yeah, it's like a in week. the book yeah so it's a lot more like graphic and i mean it hurts either way yeah. but still uh, so they're back in the common room <laughs> and one thing that doesn't get obviously mentioned in the movie as much are that Fred and George are there. I mean, they're really pushing forward with this joke store yes. and that they are creating all They're They're putting Harry's money to good use right? because Harry has given them money to invest in this. The so, money that we don't know about in the movie, but we do. Right. In the <laughs> so, you know, they're creating all these different things throughout the book. So, I mean, obviously I understand why it didn't make it into the movie, but it was a fun thing to add into the book. Yeah. Um, but they do 
they do bring it up in this scene. Like they're showing him basically it's like um like a snack box. Yeah. That has all these different things that like <laughs> joke people. So I thought it was funny that they, at least they put that little part in there. Ron and Hermione are telling Harry at this point that he should report Umbridge. Like you can't physically harm kids. Right. And Harry's like, no. No, Dumbledore has enough on his plate. It's fine. I'll just deal with it on my own. Right. And just is like so self-deprecating. The next scene we get is Harry is in the forest. Correct me if I'm wrong. This does not happen in the book. Like at least not. He does not go, go into the forest by himself. Oh, no. no. Right. So, and I think that what conspires here, I think happens in the book, but I think it happens in a different area, but he goes into the forest. He sees Luna with those scary skeleton type horses. And she ends up telling him that they're thest- thestrals. Um, and that, that can actually only be seen um, from people who have seen death. The thing that I thought I was like, okay, duh, Harry. So you saw death. So clearly she has seen death and it doesn't come up to like way later in the movie. And yeah. he's like, wait, Luna, let me not think about myself for five seconds and ask you about this. Like, he doesn't even like, bring it up. Who did you see that died? doesn't even bring it up. <laughs> right. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. The Thestrals are introduced in the book through Hagrid's class. Yes. That's kind of how we learn about it, which makes more sense, in right. my opinion. Uh, and Luna tells him at this point, though, that she believes him, that she believes that, you know, Voldemort is back and tells him that he needs friends. Like, he can't do it on his own. Like, quit being a jerk. Right. See, Luna knows best. Yep. Um, the next part, I have this title as Umbridge and McGonagall face off. Totally. Because <laughs> I loved it in the book when they were like, ooh, wait till she goes to see McGonagall. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at this point, Umbridge has become the High Inquisitor of Hogwarts. Which basically means that she gets to sit in on all the classes and inspect um, the teachers and tell them what they do wrong. Uh, Side note, I used to work in customer service for a very long time. Not too long. But I remember working at this one place and I was taking orders or whatever. They ended up hiring somebody to then listen to our phone calls to tell us everything we were doing wrong. And I'm like... (laughs) Don't do that. Like, yeah. I, 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 How about you sit down and make these calls? Right. Yeah. Like someone who had never even sat in my shoes. And that's what I felt totally. like in here. Well, and she does a great job of right. know, passing judgment. <laughs> um, and she basically becomes the hall monitor as well. Like, you know, just torturing kids in the hallway. Um, and she comes out with these educational decrees, which are basically just different rules. Mm-hmm. There's um, a lot more in the movie. They have, the, they show them like hammering them up there. There's like over a hundred yeah. in the, in the book. There's only like 20 yeah. something. I just like the vi- visual of that. Like yeah. Filch doing all the, and I loved how much Filch loved Umbridge in this yes, movie. Yes. He was like, this is what we need. Um, this actually happens way later in the book. Um, but at this point in the movie, uh, she fires Professor Trelawney. How dare she? Like, she Even though is, she's a crook. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's a total liar, but She's fine. a total liar. and I But I don't think she got her due in this movie. That's fair. We'll talk about this in a little bit. There's a big part in the book that you're like, maybe she's not totally full of crap. You know well, what I mean? Well, we briefly saw it in, in a previous book and movie. Like, yeah. she does know certain things but there's a big part yes, at the end correct. that she does not get her you know her moment of fame. her moment yeah. um but she's super upset that she you know 
is being fired. And Dumbledore actually ends up stepping in and saying, you can, you can fire her, but you can't banish her from these grounds. Like that's my job. And Dumbledore did, you know, had done his like big entrance. (laughs) But I'm like, Dumbledore, like, where are you at, bro? Like, come on. And to Um, your point, obviously you mm -hmm. said this happens later. Um, At this point, you know, when it happens in the book, they do bring someone else in to become her Mm -hmm. replacement, who is our old friend Ferenz, the centaur from the uh, Forbidden Forest. I love in the book how they're like, um, (laughs) they go, he doesn't want that upstairs room. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's fine. Um, But I do appreciate that they brought a centaur in because we've talked about this before. Like, they're all knowing. Yes. So they're also very wise, similar to like Mm -hmm. how Trelawney sometimes mm-hmm. can be right so i liked that yeah he was very like this is who should be teaching this right. but they, i mean they also mention in you know to piggyback what you were saying is that because he came to teach there the rest of the centaurs basically disowned him and Correct. they are not okay with it yeah. either so that doesn't get mentioned at all in the movie next thing that happens is Sirius shows up in the fire in the mm-hmm. in the gryffindor common room looks way better in this movie it definitely got an upgrade in the fire yes it's not like <laughs> in the ashes like it's like in the fire it's like a hologramish it's what i expected it to right. look like you know so he's basically just there to tell them that the ministry is now spreading another rumor that Dumbledore is forming some sort of army with his students at Hogwarts to fight the ministry and take over which don't tell kids that because they're like, that's a great idea. Light bulb. <laughs> it's not happening, but it should happen. Um, but another thing that does not happen in the book, I mean, there's career counseling in the book. You mean it doesn't happen in the movie? It does. Yeah, sorry. Yes. It doesn't happen in the movie is the career counseling. Yeah, it's an entire uh, chapter about basically like now that these kids are taking these owls, they need to start thinking about basically like how we would think about going to college. Yes. Um, what they would want to do once they're out of school. So Harry actually meets with McGonagall to talk about his options. He tells her like, I actually might want to consider being an Auror. And, <laughs> and she's like, well, your grades aren't super great in all categories. Um, Umbridge randomly comes in and is like, yeah, like his, he's doing terrible in defense against the dark arts. And she's like yeah right that's because of you yeah i kind of almost felt like i mean granted it was a little fluff and not much but it it, i did feel like um you know everyone needs a little career counseling totally including harry harry you're not gonna get get everything you want i didn't get any career counseling in school it was like i wish i would have gotten that i gotta like what college you want to go to yeah (laughs) that's it i like thankfully i had just decided to take two different classes my senior year to decide like okay am i gonna go into journalism or am i gonna go into psychology Mm -hmm. and i ended up with journalism <laughs> for whatever reason <laughs> which you are not using today not at all <laughs> um so now we are at hogsmeade this is our christmas scene basically we don't get our hogwarts christmas scene no. we get a snowy hogsmeade um side note there's this really cute uh christmas uh at hogsmeade uh like poster you can mm-hmm. find uh on etsy and i need to get it for christmas at some point that's cute i don't know if anyone's listening and needs to buy me a christmas gift <laughs> hint hint <laughs> boyfriend ray or best friend rosha oh i I mean i guess your birthday's coming right right um so they go to the hogshead and so now we have the leaky cauldron we have the three broomsticks and now we have the hogshead which is the third bar in this it's like the dingy like nobody really goes there not the good one yeah but before they go to hogsmeade hermione had kind of put this little nugget into everyone's ear of like yeah we should teach ourselves how to do this yeah it's just kind of a little flash in the pan in the movie in the book it's a lot more like they sit harry down and they're like harry we want you to teach this class um 
So it, I wish they would have gone into a little bit more detail, but I guess it got. I mean, we get across. to the same. You know, I guess so. Now ending. they're yeah, they're now they're at the Hogshead in Hogsmeade, and Harry thinks that there's going to be like a couple people there. There ends up being a, a lot people, more yeah. people there who are wanting him to teach them how to defend themselves. Um, and he does end up saying like some of it's luck. And I'm like, yeah, it was a lot of it. <laughs> a lot of it was luck. Um, so it's not a huge long meeting as it was in the book. Um, but at the very end, they end up signing everyone's name on. It says at the very top of it, Dumbledore's army. In the book, they don't actually name it that until mm-hmm. they actually start the lessons. Right. Uh, but they also don't mention that Hermione does something to this list. Yes, she puts some sort of. Uh, spell or charm on it hex. that hex thank you um <clears throat> that basically if anyone were to find this list somewhere they wouldn't be able to tell like who is actually part of this army it's basically like a fail safe so that nobody finds out that they're doing this well and also if any whoever's name is on this list if they tell anyone oh yeah they end up with warts on their face That's right <laughs> Which does not sound pleasant. Yeah, and that none of that happens in the movie, but it does it does get mentioned in the book. Um, but then when they get back to Hogwarts, they find out that Umbridge has now said that there can be no student organizations. There can't be any groups. She somehow magically found out. Right. <laughs> um, we also don't mention that Ginny has a little new friend. Mm-hmm. She has a boyfriend. She sure does. She does not have that in in the movie. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> She's dating some guy named Michael in the in the book. <laughs> but I'm not sure why they felt they needed to give Ginny a boyfriend. Um, because she's clearly over Harry. She's so over she's Harry. She's so over Harry. Um, and Ron is like furious. Yeah. She's like, he's like, what do you mean she has a girlfriend? Her boyfriend. <laughs> I'm sorry, boyfriend. Um, but the next thing we get is that they need to, we don't really see the backstory of this in the movie. They need to find a place to 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 practice Mm -hmm. and they're like where we can go or we we won't get caught um and we end up finding out that there's this thing called the room of requirement and it only shows up when it's you need a place to go in the movie neville finds it in the book it's not neville nope it's good old dobby who comes to the freaking rescue yet again but gets completely taken out of the movie can i just say (laughs) I'm on board with Hermione. I am here for the elves. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know why all of these um, directors feel the need to take them out. I just, I I don't get it. Like Dobby is such a key part of this entire series. Um, I realize he comes into play a little bit later in the movies, but yeah, again, coming to the rescue, giving them what they need. Uh, Another thing they don't add in the movie is that Hermione is still on, you know, respect for the elves <laughs> and she's trying to free all of them that are at the at hogwarts yeah. and they um she knits them you know hats and everything because that will free them if they find it <laughs> and dobby just takes all of them yes <laughs> so i was yeah i totally agree with you i don't understand i mean other than budget there's no reason why they couldn't have had them in there right but whatever it's yeah. fine so now the DA is practicing and Ron and Hermione, you know, square off and Hermione kicks his butt, which I loved. Um, another thing that they added to the movie is they have, they, you see Filch, you know, the, the groundskeeper is like knowing they're up to something and he can see them going into this room. But every time he goes there, <laughs> the room disappears. So he then just sits outside there. And I actually really like that. They added that. Absolutely love that scene. Uh, but then you see them like sneaking out the back door. I, I really liked the way that they filmed this because yeah. I thought it was it was 
you know, you got the idea that they were sneaking around, that people, you know, were catching on to them. And it brings a bit of humor to an otherwise, like, dark movie, yeah. in my opinion. Um, but Cho is part of the uh, DA, and she's back in the picture. Mm-hmm. You know, she's there, you know, making eyes with Harry. <laughs> and But at the same time, while they are forming, you know, Dumbledore's army, uh, Umbridge has... <laughs> Has casted the inquisical, inqui- no, inquisitorial, inquisitorial, inquisitorial squad, <laughs> which is all the Slytherin goons. Basically. It's Malfoy, Crab, Goyle, all those idiots. They just briefly mention it in the movie. They it it, it comes into play a little bit more in the book, but I was glad that they kept it yeah. in there at least. Um, at least such a brown noser too. Draco. I know. He's like, well, let me tell you all the things they're doing. Well, and not to mention in the book. Malfoy becomes the prefect of Slytherin yes. as well. So he's all on his high horse as Correct. well. Um, but Neville is getting better. Neville is getting stronger and, you know. He's coming into his own. Yeah. So we get to see that um, transition. So then right before they're about to leave for Christmas break, Cho does the girl thing where she lingers in the classroom <laughs> waiting for everyone to leave so she can talk to Harry and then she starts talking about Cedric and how she's sad about Cedric. And again, Harry's way more upset about this in the book. Like, he's like, you really want to talk about Cedric? Like, <laughs> I thought you were here for me. Like, thing. I'm right here. <laughs> right. Um, and which is funny. So when they are talking. Okay. I'm going to ask you this question before I say this. Who killed Cedric? Hmm. Who killed Cedric? Who casted the, the spell that killed Cedric? Wormtail. Correct. When they are talking in this movie, Harry says that Voldemort killed Cedric. I think by association. No, no, <laughs> no. He was Voldemort still itty bitty Voldy. Yeah, he was still itty bitty Voldy. At right. That point. <laughs> he was itty bitty Voldy. Like Wormtail definitely killed him. Anyway. I can't remember. Did was it different in the book? Maybe, and that now they're re- referencing the book and not the movie. I don't think so because. In the book, I mean. Oh no, because yeah, he goes kill the kill the spare. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. Anyways, I guess he like you know hired the hitman. I mean, you're guilty if you hire the hitman. I guess. So. Yeah, exactly. Um. Anyways, back to what we were talking about. So Harry, Cho are talking. All of a sudden, this like mistletoe comes down, and then they start snogging. Ugh. It was kind of gross. It was really gross. It was like way more intense than I thought it was going to be. Thankfully, we don't actually get a description of it in the book. No. He basically shows up afterwards to talk to Ron and Hermione and they're like, did it happen? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it did. Uh, So the next thing we get is Harry's having another nightmare. And the nightmare is somebody is attacking Mr. Weasley in this corridor and Harry is seeing it from basically like first person. Like he is the one that is attacking Mm -hmm. and it's a snake. So Harry then wakes up. He goes and yells at Dumbledore, (laughs) like really screams at Dumbledore. I'm like, please don't yell at Dumbledore. (laughs) How did I know that's how you were going to say it? Like, don't yell at Dumbledore. him. Dumbledore. Yeah. Um, but Snape ends up taking... Snape ends up coming in at the same time in Dumbledore's office. And Dumbledore has Snape take Harry away. And right off the bat, they start telling Harry, like, you need to figure out how to control your mind. Because Voldemort is trying to get into your mind. Mm-hmm. And we're going to teach you occlumency. Which is basically, def- like you said, defending from someone else getting into your mind and controlling it because that's what Voldemort does. Um, in the book, it's very differently. This doesn't, these lessons do not start right away. And Harry 
definitely does not go with Snape at this point. Correct. <laughs> yes. So in the book, at this point, um, once Harry gets angry with Dumbledore, Dumbledore asks that all the Weasley uh, uh, kids be brought to his office and uh, gives them a port key to be taken to Grimmauld Place um, and to wait out, basically, to find out what, what's happening with Mr. Weasley. What we don't get is a whole scene of Harry and the Weasleys going to St. Mungo's Hospital, which is the hospital for um, maladies and something. It's basically where all the sick people go. Yes. <laughs> um, and this is where they're keeping Mr. Weasley. You know, they're watching him and making sure that everything's okay. This is where we also get the cameo from uh, Professor Lockhart. <laughs> and um, I don't know why they took it out. I guess for the sake of time, whatever. And there's also somebody else at the hospital that they run into. Yes, they actually see um, Neville, who is visiting his parents there, which is absolutely heart-wrenching. Right. Because as we mentioned last um, last book, or last episode, um, his parents are in the in St. Mungo's because they've gone crazy because um, the, of the Cruciatus curse. I actually have a question for you at this point, because mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, previously we were to understand that Barty Crouch Jr., was mm-hmm. the one that tortured his parents. Yes. In this series, or in this book and movie, we now find out in Spellatrix Lestrange. Yes. So did they just magically change it? Were they both <laughs> torturing their parents, his parents? They decided this was a better story. I <laughs> guess so. Because, I mean, I get it. Bellatrix is now the, you know, another villain. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I thought that was very weird that they just Yeah, there's been it. a couple, like, flip-flops. Yeah, whatever. Around here, but that's okay. Uh, so, but now in the movie, instead of going to the hospital, uh, the next scene we get is they're at Grim- Grimmauld Place and Mr. Weasley's back. It's Christmas. He walks in. Everyone's happy. Well, he gets rolled in. He gets rolled in. <laughs> yes. Um, and there's more knitted treasures from Mrs. Weasley for Christmas. Um, and this is where we find out that the place that they are staying is actually the black family house. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see this giant family tree of the black family. They go into a lot more detail in the book about who is connected to who, but basically everyone, everyone's connected to everybody. Giant cesspool. Right. And, and he, (laughs) and he does explain, he's like, there's not a lot of pure bloods out there. Um, and that, you know, unfortunately this family does not want to breed with anyone who is not a pure blood. So, you know, slim pickings, I guess. (laughs) Uh, but we find out here that, that Bellatrix is, one of Sirius's cousins and that she's directly connected with him. We see there's like burn holes everywhere because like Sirius has kind of decided to go the other route from the family. And so they basically have disowned him. Mm. Something we don't get in the movie is there's a portrait of his mother in here that is, she's just awful. So they cover her with a, uh, like a curtain to shut her up. Um, but she's constantly screaming and telling everyone to get out of her I know. I'm kind of bummed we didn't get that. (laughs) I know. One other thing that we don't get in the movie is we don't really see the struggle that Sirius is going through. In the book, they describe it so much as like, you know, Sirius is not someone to like coop up in a house. Mm -hmm. And Dumbledore told him to not leave. And we don't get that at all in the movie. Yeah, he he's basically like trying to figure out different ways that he can go out and about into the world, right. which I understand. Considering we've been in a pandemic for almost a year, like I get it. Yeah, <laughs> totally get it. And then so at this point, kind of where we're at in the movie, this is where in the book Snape comes to Grimmauld Place to tell Harry 
Dumbledore has asked me to teach you Occlumency. We will start lessons as soon as you get back to Hogwarts. Um, and kind of that's how it gets introduced. Yeah, and I love it in the book how like they still like keep up the whole like Snape doesn't want to teach you, but Dumbledore's ass, so <laughs> right. he's going to do it. And even Harry's like, why won't Dumbledore just do it? Because he's too busy. He's way too busy. <laughs> um, but now they are back at Hogwarts from after Christmas, and Hagrid is back. Yeah, he's a little beat. He's a little beaten up. A little bit. Uh, but he is back, and so Harry and Ron end up coming, going. Harry, Ron, and Hermione end up going down to Hagrid's hut to visit him. Uh, a little bit different than it happened in the movie. They get down there first. They see Hagrid, Fang, you know, is licking them. And then Umbridge shows up. Mm-hmm. In the movie, it's opposite. They get down there and Umbridge is already down there telling him, you know, I'm going to be looking at your classes, <laughs> yada, yada, yada. I'm the worst person. <laughs> um, but then she leaves. And, and then so the kids come in and Hagrid is just looking a mess. Just a mess. But he tells them that he went to parlay with the giants because they're trying to get the giants to become part of the Order of the Phoenix to be on their side. Um, in the book, he had a he had a partner in crime when he was going to talk to these he giants. Did. He had the headmistress of Beau Battens, Miss Madame Maxine. Thank you, Madame Maxine. Which I, I'm really glad that we got a continuation of their story because mm-hmm. we really were left, yeah. you know, wondering. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't get any, we didn't get really any of the journey to see the giants like we did in the book. We yeah. found out this whole backstory of the giants. It was crazy. I'm, I'm actually a little bummed we didn't get even like a tidbit of it. Nothing. But basically they go to, to talk to like the main head giant, essentially. Um, in their talks or during their talks, they, they Death Eaters show up and they, um, they basically get the giants to or the head giant who has now been replaced by another guy to agree to be on their side well poor Hagrid and Madame Maxine have been trying to rally the itty bitty ones the less (laughs) important ones but to to no avail they were not successful and were not able to get the giants to come to their (laughs) side unfortunately so then they just leave yeah (laughs) the next thing we get in the movie is added we don't really see this in the book or hear about it but there has been a breakout of people in Azkaban and we actually get to visually see it, which I was, I loved because it, and when they showed Azkaban, like it's so so crazy looking. Um, but we see Bellatrix for the first time and like, it's just this eerie, creepy scene that I love that they added. Yeah. It was a great addition. Um, but they, we find out that there was 10 death eaters, uh, that have gotten out and that the ministry is blaming Sirius for that. They're saying he's still at large. He must have helped them. Well, yeah, because she's his cousin. So, of course, he's helping out. Yep. So another scene that gets added next in the movie is Neville is talking to Harry about his parents. And so instead of getting, you know, Harry already knows. And instead of getting that hospital scene, we see Neville actually telling Harry about his parents and how Bellatrix Lestrange is the one who put them there. Um, or Barty Crouch Jr. It's hard to say. Right. I mean, who knows? In this movie, we'll go with it. Um, but he, you know, he says that he isn't ready to tell ever. He's not, he's not ashamed of being their, you know, being their child, mm. but he doesn't, he's not ready to tell everyone. I love Neville. He's so sweet. <laughs> and he also did not get his due in this movie. No. He, he doesn't throughout the entire no. movies. Uh, but the next scene that we should have gotten, it should be Valentine's Day and we should be going to Hogsmeade, but we didn't get it in the movie like nope. we did in the book. Yes. So <laughs> um, Cho somehow 
tricks, not tricks, but like talks Harry into asking her to go to Hogsmeade together for Valentine's Day. So they go together and she's super excited. But at the same time, Hermione has asked Harry to meet her um, at some point because she has something that, that she needs um, his help with. Or needs I also, to tell him. I love when at the beginning of this, when they're like struggling to find things to talk about, because it's like every first date. Oh, like, totally. What am I going to talk about? Maybe talk about like <laughs> school, Quidditch, right. anything. No. <laughs> yeah. So like I was saying, Hermione has asked Harry to meet up with her because she has something that she needs to tell him. Well, um, Harry, like an idiot, tells Cho this and Cho immediately thinks well clearly he likes Hermione more than me and wants to spend time with her anyway long story short she gets angry he eventually meets up with Hermione come to find out (laughs) she has brought Rita Skeeter back from being a beetle (laughs) and her and Luna are trying to convince Rita to do a story on Harry so he can tell his side of the story. So he can actually finally tell people like, this is what I saw last summer or last year. And you know, Voldemort's back (laughs) after much, um, convincing Rita agrees to do it and agrees to do the article for the quibbler who um Luna's dad is the editor of the quibbler so that entire scene gets Um, only if there was room (laughs) right right he's very busy he's got a lot of stories only if there's room uh so which I think was kind of an important turning point in the in the book like people after that article came out a lot of people got on Harry's side, like Seamus, like everybody. Well, and he gets like letters from people, like telling him, like we're, we're mm-hmm. we believe you, we're on your side. All gets yeah. Taken out. So I mean, maybe that was part of the three hours that got probably <laughs> cut out. Uh, but instead of that Valentine's Day scene, we jump straight into another um, Dumbledore's army practice session, mm-hmm. um, and they're trying to do Patronuses. Um, I noted here. I'm like. This doesn't seem as impressive as everyone says that it is because everyone was so impressed that Harry could pr- produce this Patronus and no one their ages, literally their first time, there's little hairs running around. Someone has a deer. Like, well, it's and he way does, easier. He does mention, like, this is not real life. Like, when you're actually faced with a Dementor, it's going to be a lot harder to do. Yeah, but I felt like when, when Lupin was teaching Harry how to do it, Harry struggled way more. That's because he didn't pick the right memory. He's supposed well, to have a very happy memory. I'm just saying. I was like, this doesn't make it <laughs> That's seem fair. as impressive. We, ha- we don't have time for them to, like, figure things I out. I know. <laughs> um, but Umbridge ends up bursting into this practice session literally literally bursting in um happens quite a bit differently in the book on how how they get caught yes so again um dobby is here to the rescue he actually hears that there's rumblings that umbridge might be figuring it out so he actually goes to warn harry and let him know like hey Umbridge is coming after you. Um, so quick enough that Harry and the, everybody else kind of try to disperse, um, but they still end up getting caught to a certain extent, just not in the way that they did in the movie. Well, and in in the book, only a few of them get caught. Right. Like in the book, in the movie, all of them yeah. get caught. And also they end up, they, they got caught in the book because Cho's friend went and told mm-hmm. and ended up with warts all over her face. So they knew That's it was her right, yeah. in the, in the, in the her movie. Her name was Marietta. Yes. Right. In the movie, uh, Cho is actually the one that supposedly told. Right. It came, comes out later that Cho was under like the truth serum, Veritas whatever. Serum, yeah. Um, so, but so there was no 
there was no friend right. <laughs> in the movie. Uh, but so now they are, you know, being punished and Percy is there. He doesn't actually say anything. He's just there. Um, and they're, Dumbledore ends up taking the fall and he's like, I'm the one that, you know, I told them to do this. It's, it's called it, Dumbledore's it's army. It's my army. And he gone. <laughs> he, and I love it. They're like, they're like, well, there's one thing. Uh, Dumbledore's got style. Cause sure he, does. he basically grabs onto Fox and they fly away. <laughs> it's a little different in the, in the book. He actually causes some sort of like a, uh, commotion and and stuns all of the individuals yeah. that are supposedly there to take him away. And then while they're stunned, he like is like, "Hey, Harry," and I think McGonagall's there. He's like, "I gotta go." Um, you know, fix figure this out, fix yeah. this. But I really like the way that I, they did it in the movie. Oh, very much so. And something that they didn't add to the movie is at this point, Harry's looking at Dumbledore in the book, and he wants to like physically hurt Dumbledore. Mm. There's no mention of that in the movie. Nope. And that's kind of a big part in the book. <laughs> like Harry literally wants to hurt him and he doesn't know why. Uh, so yes, that, that got totally taken out of the movie. Um, but at this point, Umbridge has taken over the school. She's basically the head headmistress now. Correct. Uh, they What they added in the movie, they took down all of the portraits, mm-hmm. uh, which they did, that didn't happen in, in the book. No. Um, I do like when Filch was like, Tipping yeah. everybody out of the portrait. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is no mention uh, how all of the other teachers and the students basically made her life miserable when she first took over. Like, the teachers were not helping her. Yeah. Like, they all hated her. I wish they would have done one of those little compilations like they did earlier in, yeah. the, in the movie, but we didn't get that at all in the movie. Uh, the next scene that we get is um, Hagrid. Hagrid. Hagrid finds Harry, Ron, and Hermione and wants to take them to the forest. In the book, it happens a little differently, and it's Ron is not there. Correct. <laughs> Ron is playing Quidditch. <laughs> yes, because at this point um, in the book, Umbridge has banned Harry from mm-hmm. ever playing Quidditch. And the twins. And the twins. One of the twins. I think it's Fred. Fred or George mm. um, has banned. Or maybe it is both. It is both. It is both. You're right. Um she has banned them from basically ever playing ever again. So because that of that, they are down three members. So Ginny Weasley, <laughs> yeah. out of nowhere, becomes the new seeker of the Gryffindor team. She's not terrible. Um, no, she's not terrible. But Ron is not with them in the forest because he's playing Quidditch. Yes. Uh, but so Hagrid takes them into the forest uh, and we see the centaurs. And they are upset in the movie because they think that the ministry is restricting their area. And so that's why they're upset. That does not get mentioned in the book. And they are they are upset in the book at the ministry, but they're more upset about the whole, their friend going to teach. And that's their big disgruntled thing in the movie. We don't get that at all. Well, because friends doesn't become a teacher in the movie. Uh, but we get introduced to groppy. (laughs) It's really just grop, but Hagrid calls him groppy the whole time. So that's what I'm going to do. And it's Hagrid's half brother. So cute. He's so cute. Um, but he ends up grabbing Hermione, which I don't believe happens in the book. No. Um, and I was really sad. They didn't, he didn't call her Hermie. Hermie. Yeah, I know. I was really, I was like, why didn't they let him keep that nickname for her? <laughs> um, but she yells at him to put her, put her down. And, <laughs> and she's like, he just needs like a firm, you know, a firm handle. And he ends up giving her a bike handle with a, with a bell. Um, and none of that happens in the no, book. No, but it's so freaking cute. It was cute. super cute. Uh, in the book, they kind of just get introduced to him. And Hagrid's like, I'm about to get sacked. So can you please like 
come and hang out with yeah. him. Um, I actually thought it was really cute how they did it in the movie. I do know? too. I mean, it, it, we got to get, again, we got the same outcome, but mm-hmm. like it, we got it a little bit yeah. more of like a, again, back to the whole point of like this, this movie is dark, but we get these glimpses mm-hmm. of like a little bit of hope and, you know, happiness. Yeah. We, what we don't get though, is that we find out that Hagrid's, this is Hagrid's half brother, um, but that he found him when he was at the giant village mm-hmm. and that Maxine and him actually brought, brought him, him back. back here. But Maxine was like, didn't want anything to do with it. So she ended up leaving. But Hagrid's having a way bigger trouble in the book controlling him than, totally. than we were led to believe in the movie. But now we're back at Oculumency lessons. Um, Harry sucks at it. Like most things. Like really sucks. And I love Snape. It's like, your father was a swine. I love that. <laughs> so funny rest in peace i know he's so great um but we see this happens a little bit differently than it happened in the book but somehow harry is able to see snape's memory it's like a i don't know like a ricochet effect in the movie i guess he essentially like like yeah flips it flips it on him uh but harry sees like a, a memory and it's a memory of that Snape has from being back at school and being bullied by Harry's dad, James in the book. It's a little bit differently how that unfolds. Yeah. So they, in the book, they bring back the pensive, mm-hmm. um, the sinky thingy. Yeah. Your, your favorite sinky thingy. Um, they bring back the pensive and before every lesson, basically, um, Snape takes his memories similar to what Dumbledore does and kind of throws them into the pensive. So like he, Harry can't get into him. Um, But Harry finds the pensive um, and this is how he sees this um, memory of his parents. Um, He goes snooping where he shouldn't be snooping. Basically, which is exactly what he does all the time. Um, But it's a lot more drawn out in the, in the book um, because, you know, we do see James, we do see the the rest of his friends. Um, Lily comes to like Snape's rescue Mm -hmm. and like, basically is like, you're, you're a jerk. Which I was shocked that they didn't include her in this memory in the movie. Yeah. Because of how it ends up playing out. Like, why wouldn't you have had her right. in this memory? Right. But, um, but yeah, so basically, um, at, at some point in this memory, too, Snape actually calls Lily a mudblood, mm-hmm. which I'm like, whoa, bro. Like, yeah. whoa, whoa. Also, like, don't you like her? It's yeah. weird. Whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's how it happens in the book. Um, but as, it, like, in the book and the movie, Snape ends up stopping the lessons. After Harry does this, he's like... I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. Um, and also who's done is Fred and George. <laughs> They're done. <laughs> they are wanting to leave. They're done with Umbridge. They know that, you know, their true calling is this joke shop. So they end up like, you know, putting out all these fireworks and, and, you know, disrupting the classes and this, that, and the other in the movie or in the book. They also, they also do like a, make a swamp <laughs> in, in, in Hogwarts. Um, but they do these like basically like school pranks and then they peace out. Yeah. It was crazy. Cause it was like so much more, um, like because they did it during the, the kids taking the owls, it was like mm-hmm. much more extreme. But in the book, it actually just happens while Umbridge is trying to get info out mm-hmm. of Harry in her office. Yeah. So and in the book, that we go way they go way more into detail about the owls and the teachers that are there to do these lessons with yeah. or these exams with them. Um, but yeah. So at this point, we are they're trying to take the owls. So, but as these fireworks are going off and Fred and George are flying away in the movie, Harry ends up collapsing. 
and he sees Sirius being tortured by Voldemort. In the book, Harry actually falls asleep during during one of his owl exams mm-hmm. and has that that nightmare. Correct. So a little bit different between the two. Um, I literally have in the rest of my notes, I have it instead of Hermione, it says Hermie. <laughs> I'm like, like how I do Voldy. Yeah, I was like, this is way easier to type. Um, but Hermione at this point warns Harry because Harry's all like, all right, we got to get Sirius is being tortured. Um, we have to go find him. Yada, yada, yada. Hermione being the smart queen that she is. She's like, are you sure that he's just not trying to trick you? Right. To get you to go there. It's a trap maybe. And of course, Harry being arrogant, he's like, nope, you're wrong. I am right. (laughs) So they come up with this plan to get into Umbridge's office to get to London to try to go find Sirius through the flu network. That is the only one that is working is in Umbridge's office. In the book, it's a little bit differently. Yeah. So Harry begrudgingly agrees to let Hermione at least have them check through the fire network to see if um, Harry, or if Sirius is at Grimmauld Place. Because if he's at Grimmauld Place, then he cl- clearly can't be at the ministry. Right. So they go into the fire, or Harry goes into the fire, he gets to, he sees Grimmauld Place, and um, he only sees Creature, the, the house elf. Creature is like being all weird. He straight up asks him like, where's Sirius? And he's like, cannot tell you where Master is, blah, blah, blah. But tricks... Um, Harry into believing that he is not there and he is actually mm-hmm. at the ministry. So then Harry freaks out. Yep. <laughs> um, but so now in the movie, when they go into Umbridge's office, they end up getting caught. There's base. I mean, right off the bat, mm-hmm. you know, Malfoy's there, you know, and all of the kids are there and they're caught. Um, so at this point it's Harry, Ron, Hermione, Neville, Ginny, and Luna. So it's like a six squad now. Yep. Um, and so Snape comes in because Umbridge is like, I need you to give me this, the truth, the truth potion because I need to get them to tell me what they're actually doing. And Snape is like, well, you used it all. (laughs) Sorry. Like I don't have any more. Um, but as Snape is leaving, Harry goes, he's got Padfoot in the place where it's hidden, which is, you know, is a cryptic message saying knowing that Snape will know what he's talking about props to Perry being smart enough to actually come up with that right I know (laughs) um and but on the same note coming up with something genius because they're like all right we gotta get out of here somehow Mm -hmm. Hermione is like saying tell her Harry tell her where the weapon is like that's what they were that's this big story that why they were there And they, because at this point she has threatened to use the Cruciatus curse on Harry to get it out of him. Right. So they tell her that Dumbledore's secret weapon is in the forest. (laughs) (laughs) So like an idiot, she goes into the forest with them with no backup, (laughs) just her. Right. Oh, I'm going to stop you there. mm -hmm. Um, like, like we said earlier, this is at this point in the book is where Umbridge confesses that she's the one that sent the Dementors to Harry this summer. Yes. That she is as awful as we thought. Yep. Uh, so they're in the forest now. Groppy's gone. Mm. He has broken out of his chain or his robes. Um, and then the centaurs show up. Um, Umbridge ends up attacking them because she's an idiot. Right. So while she's attacking the centaurs, Groppy shows up, picks up Umbridge, and then drops her basically into the centaurs because she's awful. Yep. And then they carry her away and she's gone. Um, and now Harry really just wants to get to London. He's like, okay, we're, we're losing time here. Um, and he really just wants to go alone. 
He's like, let me just go alone. Let me do it. Like the he- like they talk about in the book about Hermione's like, you have this hero complex. Complex. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, and Harry's like, no, I don't. I was like, yes, you absolutely do. Yeah. Definition of hero complex, Harry Potter. Uh, anyway, so they end up convincing him that they can, that they're going to go with him. And they end up flying on the, what are they called? Vestrals. Vestrals. Uh, I wish they would have done this. So obviously three of them can see them. The other three cannot. Right. So the, in the book, they do a beautiful job of explaining that they are basically getting on these horses that they can't see. Yeah. So, I think it's like Ron or Hermione's like, so how do we get on? Like, yeah. <laughs> what are we supposed to do? I wish they could have portrayed that some way yeah. in, in the movie, but they didn't. Uh, so they end up flying to the ministry of magic. Can I just say mm-hmm. that it is extremely easy for all these kids to get into this ministry. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Right. <laughs> How is that possible? As long as you know the password. Well, because uh, we'll talk about it in a future movie. Um, it's extremely hard and they actually have to like pretend to be other people to get into the ministry. So I'm just saying, whatever. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but they get their way down to the Department of Mysteries and they end up going through a door and we see all these crystal balls. But I'm going to stop there because in the book it's a lot more difficult to find this room Mm -hmm. that they're looking for than it is portrayed in the movie. Uh, So yeah, in the book, they actually, when they walk through that initial door, they get into this basically dark room um, where they see a bunch of other doors. Um, The doors start spinning. It confuses the heck out of them. They end up going through one door and see the veil that comes into play a little bit later um, right off the bat. They go back inside uh, so Hermione starts to, at this point, like marking each of the doors so they know, okay, well, that's not the right door. That's not <laughs> right. the right door. <laughs> Process of elimination. <laughs> right. So until they eventually finally find the room that they're looking for. Yes. So they finally get into that room and it has like a bunch of like crystal ball looking type things. And Harry goes to the row, I think it was like row 97 or something, mm. where he thinks Sirius is going to be. Spoiler, he ain't there. there. (laughs) Uh, And Neville ends up finding one of those crystal balls that actually has Harry's name on it. Something very different that happens in the movie. When Neville is holding it and Harry's looking at it, we actually hear what the prophecy is because come to find out these crystal balls are actually prophecies. Mm -hmm. It's a shortened version of what the prophecy is, but to shorten it, it basically talks about how there was going to be a child that was born that was equal to Vol- to Voldemort, who one of only one of them could end up living. Mm-hmm. Neither can live while the other survives. Correct. Uh, one thing that they completely left out of the movie is that I mean this pro- we don't hear what this prophecy is in the book until later. Mm-hmm. Like this does not happen in the book. But when this prophecy is read, they never name Harry. Right. It's it couldn't it could have been Harry. But it also could have been my boy Neville. <sighs> and like, it was such a holy crap moment in the book that I was so sad that they just rushed it in well, the movie. Not only that, but like, again, to my point that I've mentioned, you know, and it was leading up to this point is that Neville is, is super important in these books. Yes. And there's a reason that J.K. Rowling continuously told us stories about him and his family and his background because... Come to find out, it could have been either of them. It yeah. could have been Harry or it could have been Neville. Right. And <laughs> I was crazy. Just, I was just mind blown after reading this book. I was like, why does that never come up? Like, yeah. I feel like these directors and producers totally downplayed that storyline and it sucks. Yep. Because it's so great. 
because Harry thinks he's the only one. Right. And it, I mean, we do, and it comes up later in the book, we do understand that the reason that it ends up being Harry is because Voldemort essentially marks him with his, right. with, with the lightning scar. Um, so he, Voldemort makes that decision, but right. it could have been either. Exactly. So now in the movie, though, the Death Eaters show up. Um, they got an upgrade in their outfits from the last. They no longer look like the KKK rolling oh through. Gosh. Like it's like these like armor thing. Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of scary. Um, but it ends up being Lucius Malfoy and Bellatrix Lestrange, and they want that prophecy. They're there to get it, and then we come to find out that they couldn't just take it because the only people that can retrieve it are who it's about. And obviously Voldemort can't go walking through the Ministry, which is fascinating because isn't Neville the one that grabs it in the movie? Initially? Because it could have been. Right. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, So anyways, they, it, you know, it tells the reason they start to understand the reason why Harry has this connection with Voldemort. Um, And, you know, everything's kind of coming into vision here, but the Death Eaters are surrounding them and they attack the poor kids (laughs) and they're just trying to escape. And at one point, I mean, the kids do a fabulous job, obviously. Well, yeah, they've been practicing. Yep. And at one point, it's basically a prophecy avalanche. <laughs> they <laughs> Super all, cool. Yeah. It just like everything starts falling. And then they end up into, they fall into a room from one of these crazy doors that has the veil in it. Mm-hmm. We, we come to find out that it's basically the veil between life and death. We hear whispers. We, well, not, but not everybody hears not whispers. Not every, that's true. Harry and Luna yes. hear the whispers. <laughs> and the Death Eaters, you know, swoop in and basically they have all the kids. They have them all, you know, tied up and, you know, this is not looking good. <laughs> so it almost looks like the kids have been defeated. So Harry ends up giving the prophecy to Lucius and that doesn't happen in the book because a lot more happens between when the kids are getting attacked and when they kind of get captured. captured yeah. So basically um, they start battling with the Death Eaters. I'll keep it short and sweet, but essentially they make one of the Death Eaters heads look like a baby to like, you know, distract him or disarm him. Hermione gets stunned um, at one point. Ron gets into this like weird like giggly phase where he doesn't (laughs) know what's going on. He's just very loopy. Very much like Professor Lockhart. Um, Ginny ends up breaking her ankle. And the biggest thing, Neville gets these like weird crazy legs and accidentally um, breaks the prophecy. (laughs) Yes. So because that at that point in the book, the prophecy is broken Mm -hmm. and they can tell that something is being said, mm-hmm. but they don't know. In they the book, they it. do not know what this prophecy is saying. Right. Um, so, but now in the movie, the prophecy is still very much intact. Um, and Lucius has it. But then the Order of the Phoenix shows up. And at this point, this is where Lucius ends up dropping <laughs> the prophecy himself. And Idiot. he breaks it. Um, and there's a big battle between the Death Eaters and the Order of the Phoenix. And at this point... Sirius ends up getting hit by Bellatrix with the Avada Kedavra. Avada Kedavra. Spell, which actually does not happen in the book. She hits him with a spell and he falls into the veil. In this one, I read something that it, it they needed it to be more clear in the book that he actually died. You mean in the <laughs> or, movie? Sorry, in the book that he actually died and people know that that curse killed him right oh, away I see. and then he fell into the veil yeah, yeah, yeah. another thing to know uh right before Sirius gets killed in the book 
Dumbledore shows up yes. in this specific room, um, which doesn't happen in the movie. No. So this is where that, you know, scream happens that we don't hear. The scream not heard a lot around the world, but seen. Very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry ends up running after Bellatrix and, you know, he hears a voice in his head saying, you have to kill her. You have to kill her. She, you know, so... But that's, it's like Voldemort's voice. Like, it's not Harry's voice. Right. And this is where Voldemort shows up. They're basically in, like, the lobby of the, of the ministry at this point. And Very then, cool scene. Yes. And then my favorite thing happens in the book and the movie. This is my favorite part. <laughs> Dumbledore shows up and he calls Voldemort Tom. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a, like, like, huge Tom, insult. what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, that's not my name. It's a dark lord. <laughs> he does it twice, and I freaking love it. It might be my favorite part of That's this so entire great. series. Yeah. Uh, but then there ends up being this big battle between Dumbledore and Voldemort. At one point, Harry tries to get up to like help him, and he pushes him away. <laughs> like, no like, thanks. Sit down. Um, Fox does not come in and, and like in the in the book. Mm-hmm. Fox comes in and like basically saves the day again. Yeah, he like takes a bunch of like killing curses and like because you know Fox he can die. yeah he can basically <laughs> be reborn. So he takes um, one for the team and and takes the, the brunt of it. Mm-hmm. At this point in the movie, Voldemort quote unquote leaves. So you look like where'd he go? He actually enters Harry's body. It's a lot more graphic in yeah. the movie. Like. In the book, I felt like he kind of went in and he's like, nah, not my scene. And then leaves. Mm-hmm. Like, he's inside of Harry's body for a very long time yeah. in, in the movie. And, you know, it ends up, you know, Dumbledore tells him, like, it's not how you are alike. It's how you are not you are not alike. And so that basically, you know, Harry kind of, it's kind of a practical magic moment. Remember <laughs> when she was, like, on the floor? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, it's not how, like, you know. Totally. Know, you know. Also, can I just say that I love that, like, Bellatrix just, like, dips out. Oh, she's like, bye. <laughs> she's like, gotta go. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I did my job. Gotta go. Because um, that's not what happens in the book. They actually end up leaving together, Voldemort and her. Yes. So, again, like, like I was just saying, the practical magic moment. You know how all the women, like, band together mm-hmm. to get the demon out? The kids end up showing back up. And which does not happen in the book. And they're basically saying like, you know, you're going to be able to beat Voldemort because of the love that you have for each other and the friendship that you have, which Luna said at the beginning of the movie. You should always listen to Luna. So basically because of all this love and ushy gushy that's inside (laughs) of Harry's body, Voldemort's like, gotta go. So he ends up leaving Harry's body at this at this point. And the minister shows up and some other people from the ministry show up in the flu network and they see firsthand that he's back. And Fudge is like, oh, man. I love it. He's like, oh, he's back. No shit. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding, man. Um, a little bit different. The In the book, Dumbledore ends up taking Harry back to his office right away mm-hmm. um, through a port key. What happens in the in the movie is we kind of get this like montage of like uh, newspapers mm-hmm. and like the truth is coming out. The minister has resigned. Umbridge is suspended. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes, all of this. And then at this point is where Harry is talking to Dumbledore in his office. In the book, Harry is so mad. Like, furious like to the point where i like i had to stop down and be like okay this is like too aggressive again to our point earlier he has been just extremely 
disgusting throughout this entire yeah, book, basically. Awful. Yeah. Um, he, he, I get it. He's very upset about Sirius being dead and like he wants to, you know, get revenge. Yeah. Uh, but like, cool it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the conversation that happens between Dumbledore and Harry in the book is very long. Yeah. Because Dumbledore basically ends up taking the blame for Sirius dying. He was like, I should have never put you in this position. Mm-hmm. None of that really happens in the in the movie. Dumbledore just basically tells him why he's been ignoring he him. He does say it's his fault, um, but yeah. Yeah, you don't, you don't go into as much detail. Um, but this is where in the book where we hear about the prophecy mm-hmm. and what it actually says and where Dumbledore actually heard it. Correct. So in the book at this point, um, Dumbledore tells Harry that he actually had heard the prophecy um, way long ago. Um, apparently, <laughs> Trelawney, knowing, being the all-knowing that she, she claims she is, during her interview for her position at Hogwarts, um, told or went into her weird you know, phase and presented the prophecy to Dumbledore. Um, so very different uh, because for whatever reason, they chose not to show it this way. I don't know. I actually would have preferred it this way. Um, but. Yeah, I, and again, like that, it just goes back to the whole thing. We again, we don't hear the whole Neville part because right. that's where it happens in the in the right. book as well. Um, and it kind of makes sense of why Trelawney has her position too, because right. Dumbledore thought she was a kook too this whole time. But but again, obviously, when she pre- presents this to him, he's like, "Wow, she could be very beneficial," and mm-hmm. she does end up being, you know somewhat beneficial but uh yeah it's crazy to me that they completely changed right. the way that the, this and happens. another big thing that does not make it into the movie is dumbledore does not tell harry about why he's been trying to hurt him this whole time like we've been mentioning the fact that harry is super angry with dumbledore throughout the entire book come to find out that anytime that they're in, in close proximity the reason that harry wants to hurt dumbledore is because Voldemort has been able to kind of control his mind and his emotions. Um, so Dumbledore's whole thought thought process was, I need to distance myself because if if I am in close proximity, this could jeopardize everything that we're trying to work for to to get Voldemort and and to capture him or or kill him essentially. Yeah. So in the movie, they're just sit down like they're two old pals, just like <laughs> shoot the shit. <laughs> yeah, like exchanging war stories. Like there's no real emotion in the movie, so I was kind of upset yeah. about that. Because the next thing we get in the movie is Hogwarts is basically back to normal. Hold on. One other thing that is left out. <laughs> um, Dumbledore at this point also tells Harry the reason that he needs to continue going mm. to Privet Jive every single year because um, the love that his mom instilled in him uh, is obviously because his Aunt Petunia was his was her sister. Um, that love is still there. So when he was originally brought to the Dursleys, uh, Dumbledore basically told Aunt Petunia, like, he needs to stay here. This is his home. As long as he comes back every year, Voldemort can't hurt him. So that's a big thing that is left out. The reason that she got the howler, that was from Dumbledore, yes. um, basically explaining and reminding Petunia, like, he needs to stay and you need to be okay with that. Right. And again, maybe that was included in parts that got cut out, but I thought it was kind of another side of the Dursleys that I wish we could have seen totally. in the movie. It, it makes sense why... They're they're he- not hesitant, but they're they hate having him there. But they understand at least Aunt Petunia understands why it's necessary for right. him to be there. Um, 
So anyway, so now in the movie, though, Hogwarts is basically back to normal. <laughs> Dumbledore's back. Everything's kind of, you know, at ease. Uh, we see Luna is looking for all of her possessions <laughs> that have been lost. Poor thing. You know, that people have been, uh, you know, stealing the whole time. Uh, we get the first look at the Hogwarts Express platform from Hogwarts, <laughs> which is like this little, like, dingy little place. Yeah. yeah. Um, and really, like, it shows them walking to this little platform. It's Ron, Harry, and Hermione. And they talk about how, you know, the difference between them and Voldemort is that they have something to fight for. Mm-hmm. And that's how the movie ends. Quite a bit more still happens in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the movie just kind of ends at that point. Yeah, so in the book, um, Harry's in his feelings, and <laughs> he has this two-way mirror that Sirius had given him originally. And well, should we know about that mirror? Um, I remember there's like mention of something that he gave him, but I couldn't remember if it was a mirror or something else. I was so else. angry when I heard about this mirror. I was like, yeah. why didn't you use that mirror when you were trying to figure right. out if he was there? Right. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Um, so anyway, so he's. when Sirius had given him, apparently he he had told him like, whenever you look in this mirror, you'll be able to see me and and I, and I, you. So he tries to use it, hoping that even though Sirius is dead, like he'll be able to see him. He doesn't. He's very angry. So then he, of all people goes to see nearly, nearly headless Nick because he's a ghost. He's clearly still around. How is that possible? Uh, Nearly headless Nick tells him that most wizards don't choose to come back as ghosts, but because he personally was afraid of death, he chose this lifestyle instead and basically understand like he wishes he hadn't (laughs) um and then when they do eventually get to um king's cross Mm -hmm. through the train uh the order is actually there um moody and everybody else as well as the weasleys um they end up going to the Dursleys and basically set some ground rules for how <laughs> yeah. they expect Harry to be treated moving forward. Um, and that's kind of how the the book ends. So it, it, the theme basically is like, there's always like a little bit extra I in know. each of these and books. It's, it's one of those things like I, I, these, I really do love these books, but there's always like just a little bit too much. Yeah. Like I was fine with the way the movie ended. Like I would have been fine if that's the way. The well, and ended. the movie always has that like last line that just like yeah. sits with you. So <laughs> exactly. I get it. So what do you think? You think this book stayed true to the movie? Compared to the movie last, stayed true to the book, sorry. <laughs> compared to the last couple, I do think this was a lot more in in line with what the plot or the um, story progression in the book was. Um, there's obviously still a few things left out, um, but I'll be completely honest with you. I actually didn't mind it. You didn't mind the movie? Yeah. Well, I didn't mind that they didn't like include oh, some of that stuff. Yeah. I felt like a lot of this book because it's 870 pages for whatever reason, um, had a lot of fluff in it Yeah, that I didn't necessarily think was necessary. Yeah. I actually thought there was more fluff in the last book. Really? But maybe it's just because I liked this fluff more. I okay. don't know. There was a couple chapters. See, I liked that fluff more. <laughs> See, I thought there was a couple chapters, like the Valentine's Day thing. I didn't need that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's talk about crumb in this book too. Yeah. Uh, you know, so a couple things. It, it is important stuff that they do leave out of this yeah. book. Yeah, I think um, I just but... like this book way more than the last book. And I like the last book, but I like this book better. Interesting. So are you saying you're picking the book? I don't know. I, I really like both of these. Like, I this one is probably one of my harder ones to like. Interesting. But I think I'm going to have to go with the... 
the movie on this one. You, you just can't give it to the book, can you? Because it was 870 pages and it took up way too much time. But in my clearly life. you liked it. I did. I did. I really liked it. But I really liked the movie. The movie only cost me two hours and 22 minutes, 18 minutes of my life. The book cost me a lot more time, which is fine. But it was just... It's a lot of pages. It is. It is. <laughs> um, I am going with the movie as well. Wow. Um, like I said earlier, uh, it's a lot of fluff. And weirdly enough, some of the things that happen in this book don't get brought into until the next movie. Mm-hmm. Similar to like, uh, you know, Ron being part of the Quidditch team and all that sort of stuff. So I don't really get why that was done that way. Um, but yeah, I got to give it to this movie. It, it was concise to the point. Gave me most of the the important details, um, and then freaking you know, Umbridge brought to life <laughs> yes. was just spot on. Yes, I thought the visuals were very good in this yeah, movie agreed. as well. That's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Boovie Girls. You can also email us at theboviegirls at gmail.com. And like we said earlier, we are on Patreon. We have a couple of levels for you. We've got our rom-com level, which gets you episodes at least 24 hours in advance. You also get access to our Karen reviews. Then we've got our drama level, which gets you everything I already mentioned. You get a sticker for joining. You also get a shout out in a future episode and you get access to our after credits party episodes. You just have to go to patreon.com forward slash the booby girls to sign up or run into me at the bar <laughs> and I will sign up for you. Yeah. Um, over the weekend, it was uh, boyfriend Ray's birthday. And for whatever reason, Hannah felt the need to sign all of his friends up for Patreon, which I'm not mad at. No. It helps us. No, they were willing. Well, and not only that, but you were such a good um, host that you had their stickers ready. And I was ready. They had their prepared. St- yeah. So I'm a businesswoman. What can I say? <laughs> um, all right. So next up, we are more than halfway done. I'm getting excited <laughs> that I don't have to read 870 pages. Oh my gosh. Um, is uh, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. And I don't remember anything about the this movie at all. Really? I am going into this one blind. I don't oh, wow. It. I don't remember it at all. Oh, interesting. I so. remember a lot of it. Mm, and <laughs> we'll it's, it's we'll find like, out why. <laughs> it's only like 600 pages. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. And remember, don't judge a book by its movie. Bye. Bye.